A drug person can cope to things like seeing their dead grandmother clawing up their leg with a knife in her teeth, but no one should be able to ask to handle this podcast. Fear and Lonely in Las Vegas, coming up next. Haven't seen it with Tim Sostito and Tommy Tevenay. Hello, everybody. Welcome on in. Thank you all so much for listening today. This is a podcast where one of us is watching a movie for the very first time. And I believe that's both of us today, Tommy. Yeah, uh, never seen Beer and Lily in Las Vegas before. So um, what a trip. <laughs> yeah, what a what a what a trip indeed. Um and kindly enough, we have somebody here to guide us through this trip. Pun intended there. Oh, uh, upstairs, Steve, guide. joining us on the podcast again. How have you been? Welcome back. I've been great. Um, I'm happy to be your spiritual guide here. Um, it's <laughs> uh, been a minute. Yeah, you guys have really come a long way since my last visit. It's, yeah. it's, it's been a that was probably like first yeah. 20 episodes. So you guys are yeah. pretty much famous now. So, like, when are you going to get a Spotify subscription? <laughs> uh, listen, if you know the guy who did Joe Rogan's deal, please let me know. I'll gladly take the hundred million from Spotify. Uh, yeah, would, <laughs> no complaints there. That that's would like be the, something else. That's like the South Park where they're like, "Hello, this is Netflix. You're <laughs> you're approved. What what's your show concept? <laughs> you're green lighted. What is it? Oh, it's just uh." Me and my buddy Tommy, we talk about movies. I love it. No one's ever done that before. Fantastic. There's, there's, there's no not, movie podcast. We're the only one out there. There's not no. two random unqualified people talking about movies all over the internet. That's for sure. It's just exclusively Tommy and I. Yeah. No, and, and their opinions don't matter anyway. This is really where you go to get rid of the real, real nitty gritty. Oh, yeah. Right this here. Is, this the is the real critic zone. The only <laughs> opinions, criticism. The only 100%. opinions that matter. Uh, so, I should so, I should have probably asked before uh, we started recording. Like when you guys post this on uh, Spotify, they can't see us, can they? Like you know, like no, the cameras and stuff. We don't do video, and don't worry. No, I'm, no, we, we don't, don't do video. I was gonna say then they they're missing out on Tommy's awesome dance moves when they play the intro. Like, does yeah. he do that? Does he do that every time, Tim? Like, just to give yeah. everybody. A, I, I, uh, I I play I play it up for you. So I, I did. Some it depends. Oh, okay. Oh, I some jazz moves. It depends yeah, on his energy some... level. Yeah, give everybody a visual like representation. It kind of looks like sort of a William Hung, but less enthusiastic. You know, if you if you guys watched American Idol, yeah, just like a little shebang sort of thing with the flailing of the arms, but like it's still in the frame of the camera. So this is why why we should be a video podcast right here. You're missing this out. (laughs) It makes you wonder how Tommy was ever in the theater productions in high school because he has no rhythm whatsoever. Or no, not at all. Hey, hey, I was, the, I was the guy who was just the actor. I was good at the acting part. I wasn't good at the dancing or singing part. So I had heavy dialogue, no dancing or singing. <laughs> were you the kid that was cast as like a tree in elementary school, but like you couldn't stay still? <laughs> so they were just like, all right, Tommy, no, we don't have a part for you now because you can't sit still. <laughs> no, uh, no, it's funny. In elementary school, I was stage crew because I was like, I don't want to be on stage. <laughs> uh, look at you now. Still yeah. stage crew. <laughs> Still stage crew. <laughs> Some things never change. Some things never change. So, Some roles you were born to be in. <laughs> so, Steve, last time, since you've been on last time, we usually kick off the podcast with just a little bit. What have, what have you been watching lately? So, any uh, movies that you've seen recently that uh, stuck out to you? 
Um, a couple actually. So, um, I went to the movies by myself, as one does. As one does. Yeah, and, as one does. Uh, uh, as one does. I, I saw John Wick four. I actually liked it, and it was funny because um, one of my coworkers that saw it said that they didn't wrap it up that well, or like to his liking. But I, I thought it was pretty good. I mean, it's kind of hard to complain with those movies. You're kind of getting the same thing no matter which way you mm. stick your hand in the bag, you know, and. I don't know if you guys saw it, but I, I thought I saw yeah. it. Yeah, we yeah, both no, saw I, it. Yeah, I, I, I thought the ending was great. I thought they yeah. could have cut out like one of the action scenes. I just felt went on like it was just endless. Like the the one scene where they're in the Japanese hotel and he's fighting in the glass, and it just it yeah. all. I was out yeah. and I was back in because of how intentionally long the action sequence was in that one room. It was like fifteen minutes of the movie for a two hour mm. forty minute runtime. It's like. Could have truncated that to 10, five minutes and yeah. No, you thought it was over and then it wasn't. You know, and... it was just like uh, like okay, like now we're in this room that with a bunch of glass. Like okay, cool, we get it. Yeah, but yeah. regardless, I I did like the direction that they uh, brought it in, and you know, I don't know if it's going to be the last John Wick, but um, I could see them like the last seat, like first scene of the next movie is fist coming out of the ground. Like spoiler alert, but you know. <laughs> oh, spoiler yeah. alert. <laughs> oh wow you have a little fucking uh sound bar here too <laughs> yeah we got, we got fancy since you last been here Look um, at you. <laughs> but yeah um, the jump Four, four i thought it was a good wrap up the only thing is i need to rewatch that movie when it's not nine o'clock on a saturday i'm exhausted because uh it was tough for me to stay awake at the end that's all i'll say yeah well you know you, you you're getting the same thing out of every scene so it's, you gotta stick yeah. with it and you gotta be all in or not at all but um, I saw the unbearable weight of talent as well, and I um, saw we I saw that too. It was very good. I enjoyed. Great, it. yeah, f- fun the cage movie. Like we we're just talking about the cage before we started recording. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so and and that's what made me bring it up because like I, I don't know I like watched it like kind of on a whim where I was just like I went in with no expectations and I'm like it's Nick Cage it's gonna be good. And mm-hmm. I really, really sparked my curiosity more when I started seeing the meme of like them on acid, you know, mm-hmm. funny segue yeah. to what we're going to be talking about in a few minutes. But uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Once I saw that, I'm like, I need to see this movie just for that scene alone. I need context behind this meme. So <laughs> like, yeah, this is the meme know. knowledge movie for you. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. But yeah, it was great. I, I, Nick Cage delivered as he always does. Yeah, uh, he's it's great how much he's able to play up his own image, especially in that movie. <laughs> so, yeah. Tommy, I'll kick it over to you. What did you What did you watch this past week? All right, so uh, recently, uh, a game exchange down the street from me had a deal on uh, buy four get six free on DVDs. So I end up seeing Steven Spielberg's uh, World of Worlds, which was one of the DVDs I bought. Uh, movie I haven't seen in forever. Tom Cruise, obviously, the star in action movie. It holds up and it's just fucking crazy like the 9-11 parallels in that movie are off off the walls right there and just like <laughs> still just tom cruise run away from anything is entertaining and it's put to good effect when he's running from fucking marshes of uh, death heat rays so mm-hmm. a solid rewatch <laughs> i haven't watched that since 2005 um me neither the probably 9/11 deserves... parallels went over my head too yeah <laughs> oh definitely uh but yeah. I, I i think it could bear a rewatch i could see it because i remember it kind of got critically panned a little bit mm-hmm. and it's probably because those 9-11 parallels were so mm-hmm. fresh in people's mind that they were like yeah mm-hmm. and they were in boston right in yeah yeah uh, the I think it started out in Newark and then it ended up in Boston. So oh, I mean, okay, yeah. 
I mean, obviously the ending's kind of hokey, but it's just like, oh, whatever, fuck it. It's <laughs> a novel from the 1940s. What do you expect? Um, yeah. For mm-hmm. me, I actually saw a movie called Sisu, which is an action movie loosely Ooh. based on a true story. It's a, a Finnish uh, World War II soldier who's a gold miner. Um, mm-hmm. runs across Nazi troops that find out he has gold and the chase for them to get it. And in the spirit of John Wick, he is very much a unstoppable force. And it was just a really great uh, experience because it, there's not a lot of talking. There's not a lot of dialogues. It's the tension that's built from the sound, from being around just the, like being in that world for 90 minutes. There are parts that I I was like, okay, this is getting a little silly, but it it, it was so it ended up so getting so over the top that I kind of got back into it. Mm. But it was a smaller, smaller, easy story to watch. I very much enjoyed it. Nice ninety minute runtime. It seemed like a fun action movie. I've heard a lot of good things about it. So yeah, I mean, it's a very fun way. action movie. Uh, I would highly, highly recommend watching watching that movie. But this is not Sisu. This is Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Get in. A road trip that's going places Morning, that aren't even on the map. I thought maybe um, we could use you. From director Terry Gilliam. Johnny Depp, Benicio Del Toro, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Rated R. Starts Friday, May 22nd at theaters everywhere. So talk about a movie that, uh, trailer that has nothing to do with the movie itself. Um, I know Ter- the director, Terry Gilliam, said that he was annoyed at the marketing for making yeah. it seem like it was some like zany comedy movie, which this is not. <laughs> that movie at all it's um <laughs> yeah that makes it seem like it's like road trip or fucking euro trip or one of those stupid shitty like road two movies <laughs> so like terry well, gill was like yeah i've never heard the uh commercial before and uh i thought we were doing the wrong movie for a second <laughs> you're yeah. like oh did i not come prepared this is my yeah and, <laughs> and i so i was sitting there like going thought exercise i was like well how the hell do you actually market this movie in its actual actual tone and get people into the theater it's like, hey can you hey, can it's you not heard of drugs before this is no. what being drugs is on like <laughs> yeah no like especially like at that time too there's like no good way of putting it without putting it like right in your face so they're like, all right, we gotta kill the masses somehow. We'll make it like a hokey fucking like watch this killer road trip movie, which really wasn't much of a road trip movie. They were on one road the entire time. <laughs> so I, I would like to think that there was just there are a couple of like 55, 60 year olds who were just like, oh, that movie looks fun. Let's go check it out. And then just like walking out, shaking their heads in disgust, being like, What did I just see? I mean, that's entirely oh, yeah. possible. Do you know what uh, Depp's movie was before A Fear and Loathing? Like, I mean, at this point, Edward Scissorhands came out. Um, I mean, like, Donnie Brasco, had, I think, was the year before. He had Ed Wood. Ed Wood. Oh, I mean, Ed Wood. So, Love so Ed this, Wood. Yeah, Me at this too. point, he, he was still, like, pretty much in the midst of, like, the beginning of his superstardom uh, right here. I mean, after 21 Jump Street and everything like that. So yeah. um, he definitely looped in some unsuspecting victims. 
Yeah. I mean, I can imagine. I mean, one thing I was really glad about uh, when I watched this movie, this uh, this is my first watch, as we said earlier. I didn't look up the cast list. I Depp and Benicio Del Toro were in it, but there were so many times I didn't look at my phone throughout the whole movie, which I'm very proud of. But um, mm-hmm. uh, there's sometimes I was like, is that Toby Maguire in a fucking bald cap right now? Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> is, is that Cameron Diaz? Is is Christina Ricci the, the fucking like strung out girl? Like, no, she's too young. Wait, no, it's 98. Like, I'm doing the internal mm-hmm. math in my head. Be like, wait, wait, this makes sense. Is that Gary Busey or is that Jake Busey? Which Busey am I getting right now? Just the shit that over and over again. I was thinking, just like, what? Random I, fucking. I had to look at my phone for that too. Um, I, I yeah. mean, well, I, I know props to you for not, but like, um, I had rewatched it a month ago and, um, I've seen this movie a bunch. Um, I, I'm the only one here that has, which is uh, funny for you guys, because uh, I guess you needed that third element. But um, yeah, I watched it with uh, my buddy who I forced watched it in college, and uh, I was at his house, and uh, his wife had never seen it, and he he was just like, "We're watching it," and I'm like, "You sure you want to let her watch this?" Like, <laughs> you know, she ended up falling asleep. But, like, regardless, like, all the cameos kind of kept her up and kept it fun. Yeah. And, and, like, you know, it was the but, whole thing. Fucking Mini-Me's in this movie, Vern Troyer, and then fucking mm-hmm. uh, Jeanette Goldstein, who's fucking Vasquez from Aliens and the foster mom from T2. I was like, who the fuck is not in this movie at this point? <laughs> yeah. It, and it was very funny, too, just tying back into that trailer. Like, they put Cameron Diaz in there very intentionally because this is at the height oh, yeah. of her star power. And it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, Cameron Diaz is in this movie. For yeah. a minute, a literal <laughs> minute, she's in the mm-hmm. movie. Yeah, she has literally just a quick cameo. <laughs> Her role is the blonde TV reporter. That's what it's saying on Wikipedia right now. That's how much she's in this movie. <laughs> yeah, that Benicio del Toro was like in love with for um, ten seconds of his acid trip and wanted to kill the report the uh, the photographer because he thought he was stealing his girl from him, who he met in an elevator. It was. <laughs> um, I would say. It, especially on a first watch, it's definitely interesting to try to follow what the hell is going on in this movie because... Well, well first question, I'm assuming you watched this dead sober. <laughs> yes, I did. Yeah, um, I can't say the same for myself, but uh, regardless, yeah, I mean, like, I think that, like, it's just, it feels Terry Gilliam just really accurately portrayed just, like, how terrible sometimes a bad drug trip can be or something. It's like, oh, God, this is awful. Dim lit lights, wow. just, like, fucking everything's wavy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I can't speak from Tommy's experiences, but I, I've never, like, gone so far as to try either. But, like, you know. No, like, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, as, I didn't go that far. <laughs> but, no, like, as, uh, you know, to Tim's point, like, it, it's very much a visual movie. And, like, it, they really do paint the picture of, like, what it would be like. Because at the end of the day, like, Johnny Depp also narrates the movie, right? But he's mm-hmm. narrating it through Hunter S. Thompson's words because this was a, one of his books. So... Mm-hmm. You know, Andres Thompson is just uh, he's one of my favorite authors and, and just, you know, his craft as far as like journalism is concerned and just writing in general really paints the picture so well for you where you don't even really need to have to visually see it. His words just kind of pop off the page. So this movie yeah. definitely complements that in a very good way. This is a rare movie where narration actually kind of really works and it really aids in the movie, makes it better. I mean, uh, I think Thompson like said himself that he loved it, the fact that the narration was here because without it, it just would have been a string of wacky psychedelic adventures over and over again. Yeah. Absolutely. And to bring it full circle, the last cameo was Hunter S. Thompson himself. I don't know if you guys ever yeah. picked up on that. <laughs> yeah, I caught that at the end where I was where, like, oh, shit. <laughs> where, yeah. Which one was he? 
So um, it was in the uh, 1960s flashback when he was in the club. Oh. And remember at one point he was on acid and he passed by a guy at the table that looked exactly like him. And yeah. he said, yeah. my Ooh, God, yeah, there I am. Yeah, that was actually Hunter S. Thompson. That was I him. figured he that was him. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was 100% him. He was alive during the filming. He knew exactly about the movies. So. Oh, also, Flea is in that scene licking, Flea is. licking right. acid off of his sleeve in the bathroom, and some business guy oh. walks in and is like, That was Flea? I didn't realize that was Flea. <laughs> that was Flea. And then and then they the 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 guy walks out and they're like, Poor guy walked into a bathroom knowing that he'll never experience life to the fullest the way that we have here. <laughs> and it was like I, I think it was very interesting because I, I read that some of the, like the, the thematic messages is just like the abundance that's available in Las Vegas and kind of showing like a lot of the negativities that exist within America in terms of like the corporate world and then experiencing them on acid, ether, coke, whatever, every drug that's humanly imaginable mm-hmm. they were on. I don't know how they were living by the end of their four day <laughs> bender in Las Vegas. No. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you, you can't even say, that, oh, this is just a movie because this is actually like fucking shit that happened on Russ Thompson. No. Um, yeah, yeah, totally. And, and, and two this, cars, too. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, this is the was... rare. This is the rare drug movie that is not like a total bummer. You know, like Train Spine has this moment that the bummer's working for a dream. It's apparently a whole bummer, but this movie, for the most part, is just like, just kind of insane and wacky. <laughs> like, I, I will. It's insane and wacky, but I I wouldn't say that it's not a bummer. I would say that like mm. that's kind of the point is that it's a bummer. It's like you do all of these drugs, man, and you're not having a good time. You're having maybe the worst time of your life. Well, yeah, this movie is definitely an anxious in a way, but I wouldn't say it's depressing in the way that um, other oh, electro movies type to type to go to. Yeah, uh, comparative mm-hmm. to like Train Spotting, which is just like heart wrenching. The, yeah. This is this does not have that because it, it it also mm-hmm. has this weird thing and it's usually something I more critical of um, and I'm not entirely sure how I feel about it in this movie where it doesn't really do any character arcs character growth character change in it but I mm-hmm. almost view this as this is an experience of a movie this is like hey yeah if you've never taken acid before and you want to know what it's like <laughs> this is this is the closest experience you're going to get to that without doing it yourself um, yeah and <laughs> i wouldn't recommend going to vegas doing it either <laughs> this is why this is why i watch the movies to experience shit that we never experienced before <laughs> yeah pick, pick like an open field somewhere you know yeah don't, don't go to las vegas on acid have you guys <laughs> ever been to vegas just you know it, it sounds awful it sounds like just like fucking stimulus over I, i'm actually most likely going for a u2 concert and the giants game in november uh but yeah, that's to be to be determined at this point mm. but yeah it's it, it's such it, a visual uh aspect like i would say that is the full strength of this movie yeah just terry... the, the way that it mm-hmm. filmed like terry gilliam and his his like the way that he shot this movie in terms of the lighting and the camera movements like there's a lot of one you know one camera long takes mm-hmm. there's a lot of just camera movement like mm-hmm. it's it's never stagnant yeah. it's always moving there's always something going on mm-hmm. center frame back frame there is so much detail to this movie just and i i feel like i will benefit and maybe enjoy this more on a rewatch but i felt like on my first watch of fear and loathing in las vegas 
like that just lost feeling, which I think is intentional too, where you're mm. sitting there and you're like, I'm lost, but so are they. Like they're having incoherent gibberish sentence. There's the great scene with uh, Benicio del Toro who plays Gonzo, his lawyer. Mm-hmm. Um, and God, and like he's freaking out in the bathtub and he wants with white rabbit by uh jefferson airplane he wants him to drop the toaster in and he just throws a grapefruit at him and shuts him in the door and then it wakes up and he has a telephone call from him and he's like in his office in las vegas like i got you a suite at the flamingo and then they go to the flamingo and he's there and i'm like what what is what is going on right now yes. i have no idea what the hell's going on <laughs> it, it, it's just you're supposed to just feel so fucking high out of your mind we're just like what is going on what is happening right yeah. here um no, we I, should... I can't confirm it's definitely better the more you watch it like it, it's yeah. one of those movies where like i first watched it and i was like i was i'm probably way too baked to have seen that movie i, I need to like yeah. re- really hone in on it like and then i watched it like you know more times and i was like no, I got the gist of it the first time. I just, like, like it wasn't because I, I was I just noticed more shit. No, I'm like, okay, it's not just fake. But you do yeah, notice like, more shit the more time you watch it, just because it's like you know, it's just so animated and there's just so much going on all at once. So it's like impossible to catch everything on your first go around. This is also a movie that like the CGI is terrible, but it actually aids the movie. It's probably aged mm-hmm. better because the CGI is so terrible because it's just like adds the trippy drug effects things. I mean, yeah. we don't have the typical thing like, you know, I hate like uh, in movies when like you know, a character takes uh, smokes weed and then all of a sudden they like mm-hmm. start seeing hallucinations. It's like, no, this is not mm-hmm. realistic. This is a way that like Terry Gilliam shot this movie in specific ways where like, okay, what's a way we can get this camera angle to look like how it feels like to be on this certain drug and over and mm-hmm. over again? Which is kind of a cool visual experience. <laughs> yeah. Well, just to like kind of provide some context, like as far as like the movie is concerned, and, and they do touch on it on the movie as well. Um mm. the whole like premise of this project for Hunter Thompson was he was with this journal company that asked him to search for the American dream. And they booked this dirt race out in Vegas. They landed on going to Las Vegas in search for the American dream because I guess that's the be all end all that's where people would go to get rich and like yeah it's just sort of you can really catch a sense of americana out there mm-hmm. and being dr gonzo and hunter thompson being who they were they had to go all in with a suit of drugs and um that was essentially their finding so i guess like you know going back to your guys point what ended up like becoming the sad part was them sort of realizing the type of people that go to those sort of places, you know, and mm. that they couldn't really find the search for the American dream. It's essentially where the American dream goes to die. And like, you know, just the people that they come across and just how fake everything is. And, you know, that's uh, essentially my spiel on it. As far as like, I don't know if you guys know this, but this tattoo on my arm here is from the movie. So that's. Oh, uh, shit. Yeah. So no. we. We we picked a great guest for this movie then. <laughs> Tommy, have you have, did you not know that about me? I mean, I, I think I've seen the tattoo, but I don't think you've ever like called it out. <laughs> like, hey, this is my Hunter S. Thompson tattoo yeah. for fear and loathing in Las Vegas. No, it literally it's literally a quote from the movie too. It says too weird to live, too rare to die, which is how Hunter Thompson yeah. describes uh Dr. Gonzo at the end of the movie. And, this is uh, so funny that I had no idea. <laughs> What? I was like, I was like, oh, like, Steve, you seen this movie, right? You want to come on? And you're like, oh yeah, I've seen the movie all the time. And you're like, oh, I have a fucking tattoo of this. I'm like, what the fuck? 
I thought that's why you asked me. I was waiting to tell you until now because I'm like, I bet you Tommy has no clue. <laughs> oh, you, you, you bet right. I've, I've seen that skull cut too uh, multiple times. I mean, all yeah. the time. No, it's Hunter Thompson. Good, good to know the context. I, I, I actually, it's one of the few books I actually did read. I, I read it in college, <laughs> but, um, you know. Don't really yeah. have too many of them, but um, that yeah. Was, so uh, um, up on the list of one of the ones I loved. So this is based on something called a book. Um, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of that before. I know um, you haven't. Yeah. If they don't, have yeah. pictures. yeah, no, it, yeah. It's it's a little. <laughs> uh, well, apparently, like you know, they uh, they filmed this. Uh, or this book came out in the seventies, and um, originally in the seventies, I mean, like fucking, so many people were like trying to get this off the ground. Like apparently, like Martin Scorsese wanted to do this movie. Um, oh. Like Ralph Baskey, the guy who did the Little Rings thing, um, and then Oliver Stone wanted to make this, and mm. you know, there's talks in the '70s of having like Jack Nicholson play uh, Hunter S. Thompson and, and Marlon Brando, Brando. As, yeah, yeah, Brando as uh, yeah, Hunter as Gonzo. Insane. And then there's apparently like Belushi and Aykroyd at one point were up for the roles, and um, John Cusack was almost cast. So it's just like all these wow. crazy different alternate versions we could have seen. I mean, which one do you think would have been the best? I would have loved to see like, the Martin Scorsese version of this, but like. With Brando, what, what, with with Brando and Nicholson, oh my god! What, what, and and what, then a mad. I'm just. I think the production of that would just be more fascinating than the movie in and of itself, <laughs> because just be, having Marlon Brando on stage makes any production theatrical. Yeah, it would have made it would have broken the record that Blues uh, Brothers made for fucking coke on a set. <laughs> yes. Yeah. They uh, wouldn't be acting at that point. And I mean, to this <laughs> movie's credit, with Johnny Depp, I mean, we did. I feel like the public at this time did not realize how autobiographical it was for Johnny Depp um, in terms of his casting. Because oh. this just feels like a Saturday night for Johnny Depp based on oh. the stories that we've heard of him. Especially in the late 90s. <laughs> yeah, especially oh, yeah. in the in the late 90s. But Steve, I want to tie back into your point. I'm going to pull up a clip here when they take Ether and they're about to go into the into the circus area. And I think it creates that feeling of the the griminess that that lives around them in the mm -hmm. world of americana mm -hmm. this is the place they'll never fuck with it here where's ether hmm basically it's not working drunkard in some early Irish novel. Total loss of all basic motor skills. Blurred vision, no balance, numb tongue. The mind recoils in horror, unable to communicate with the spinal column, which is interesting because you can actually watch yourself behaving in this terrible way, but you can't control it. You approach the turnstiles and know that when you get there, you have to give the man $2 or he won't let you inside. But when you get there, everything goes wrong. Some angry Rotarian shoves you and you think, what's happening here? What's going on? And you hear yourself mumbling. 
Dogs with the full. No fault of mine. Ether is the perfect drug for Las Vegas. In this town, they love a drunk. Fresh meat. Come on, buddy. So they put us through the turnstiles and turned us loose inside. So, yeah, I felt like in this uh, point where it's, they are, and it's very physical and very visual, I think that's a high point of both uh, Del Toro and Depp's performance is just the physicality that they they bring to these characters and just like their incoherent stumbling while they're trying to get into here. And the ticket takers just take their money from their hands, even though these guys can barely walk through the gates. Yeah. Where you feel like nowadays you would just turn these people away, not even worth worth the mess, worth the trouble. Mm-hmm. This is showing like, hey, this place, it's just about taking your money. It's about shoving you through the door. It's about making as much money as possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like back then, I just didn't give a shit. There, there's one another scene of like uh, when they try, they're going to see, uh, what's her name, Debbie Reynolds. And they give like, uh, you know, the cash to the guy. And like immediately they get thrown out because of like, I'm assuming they're drunk as fuck or like cause a ruckus immediately inside. Just people don't give a shit. There's all, all there for the money, all there for the fucking greed. <laughs> yeah. No, it's um, it's interesting. I'm sure Vegas is still like that in a lot of ways. Like uh, Sin City, man. Like at the end of the day, it's like you're there and yeah. they understand while you're there, you're going to be as fucked up as humanly possible for the most part especially if it's your first time going and they don't know your story they don't give a fuck like you made it to the front door with cash in your hand and they're just gonna yeah. let you through i mean but, yeah let's be honest how much has vegas fucking changed in the last 60 years it's probably not that much different to be honest well, I yeah it actually has i mean tommy we literally watched a movie that is somewhat true in that time all the casinos were controlled by the mafia um that's true out in that Fair area point. so the the control and like how they operated is a lot different than they are now when they're all corporately owned, where it is a strict business, where that was like an expansion of business. But knowing that they mafia had to have some kind of um, looseness to it Mm. to just continue operations. Um, So that's a pretty big difference between how Vegas was back then versus there. I feel I imagine the feeling of Las Vegas is still very similar, but if like you showed up to a club today and you couldn't even stand and you're taking five foot steps and like hunched over like a gorilla trying to enter the place, the bouncer is going to be like, no, get off, get, get out of here. I, yeah, I literally cannot, I can't let you into this place where may, obviously there's a movie. I can't confirm or deny the, the truth of that sentiment, but I imagine maybe more back then, like somebody really messed up. Yeah. Well, he, put him through the no, style. He's got two dollars in his hand. We'll we'll take it. Yeah, no, hey, fair point. Yeah. Like 70s were a totally different time, especially the early 70s. Yes. <laughs> so let me ask you then, because there's a lot of cameos, we kind of touched on them. Who is your favorite cameo in this movie? Gotta be Gary BSA. Yeah, yeah, I was about to say Gary Busey too. I mean, just I like mean, the that was hysterical. He was selling it so good. Yeah, because at first it's great that he also like obscures the fact that's Gary Busey for a second. So you're kind of like wondering, like, is that Gary Busey? Who, who's oh, that? I knew, I knew right away from the mouth. Yeah, as soon as I saw the mouth, I'm like, that is a Busey. And then I <laughs> that, that's a Busey. <laughs> that's a Busey. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, I mean, like, apparently Gary Busey improvised that line of, like, oh, like, keeps giving me a kiss. And Hunter S. Thompson was like, no, I don't want that movie. in the movie. Fuck that. And then after watching it a few times, like, all right, that's actually kind of hilarious. So let's keep that in. <laughs> so funny. Yeah. yeah. And it's it's this weird of, like, trying to... Uh, I, I feel like the movie is trying to... It's, it's, a, it's following a journalist chronicling what's going on in Las Vegas and if you can find Americana there. That's the general gist of the movie. Mm-hmm. And I think the crazy thing, and I think it's part of the truth of Las Vegas, From I've, ne- I've never been, but it's that if you're down, you want to get out of that town as quickly as you humanly can. And for some reason, it's still drawing you back in. Because he tries to make his escape, tries to get into the car, drive away, and is somehow brought looped back in because now they have another suite at the the flamingo hotel also the trashing of those two hotel rooms is some of the most impressive hotel room trashing i've ever seen in my life yeah (laughs) no not to mention room service every like you know meal that they have right like did they just have like auto room service like for like breakfast lunch, dinner yeah just constant and they're like, hey, we need the cart back. And they just keep pushing the bell out, out the door or whatever. <laughs> well, I mean, like, they obviously at one point, like, like skip on the bell or trying to, like, leave without fucking paying me. I think they skipped they on definitely all skipped those. All yeah, those they skipped bills. all those bills. So they didn't give a shit. They're just like, yeah, oh, whatever, fuck it. <laughs> well, it, it's very interesting, the craftiness that comes out of being that kind of drug user. And you see it when the maid comes in to do the cleaning and they, like, the gonzo, like, pins her on the floor. And then they end up talking be like, no, 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 we're agents here. There's a big drug ring. We're trying to break it down. These two guys who look zonked out of their mind, they're like, yeah, you go and you say this password and you'll get $1,000 a week if you do any reporting. We're just going to call you once. And she's like, that'd be great. Like they built her up and then just like walked her out the door. And it's like, you're never going to hear from these two guys again because she just walked into the probably the worst hotel room that she's ever seen outside of yeah. a dead body because that just happens in hotels a lot yeah hey it worked though <laughs> fucking uh yeah t2 t2 mom <laughs> yeah but i mean i think like really the most interesting like aspect about this um movie and and, and or i should really say book is that um really hunter s thompson's whole claim to fame was um he really started guerrilla journalism like it's something that the world had really never seen before within america within the confines of america at least like i mean apart from like you know people writing about the vietnam war and stuff like that but he wanted people to see what was happening on the streets of their own country some of the like you know fucked up shit that was going on in this country um for lack of a better phrase, I'm allowed to curse on this podcast. I'm assuming. Yeah, <laughs> we're 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 we to my mother's uh degree. She she is she always yeah. asks me. She's like, "Can you stop yeah. cursing on the podcast?" I'm like, "You're like fuck no." <laughs> when we get advertisers, yes. Tommy said it, not me. But um, yeah, they you know, like, But like you know, a, a few of like Hunter S. Johnson's uh, real claims of fame was that he um he followed the Hell's Angels for a little while. I don't know if you guys uh. I knew that. I found that in his notes. So, like, Mm. what's interesting about that is that he, in order for him to do that at the time when the Hells Angels was what it was back then, he actually had to pretend he was, like, interested in joining. So he became an associate for them for a long time. Mm. And, like, he had to do all the initiation processes that all their, like, initiates have to do. 
And as like fucked up as they were, he did it to just kind of like keep the whole like facade that he was very much interested. But he got a mm. lot of content out of it. And yeah. when he told them, all right, like I'm out, I'm not interested, I got what I need, they almost beat him to death. Like oh, literally. Shit. Like, yeah, no, they, they yeah. almost literally beat him to death. But at the same time, he was able to publish something that the American public had never seen before. It was something mm-hmm. that was true. It was something that was happening on the their own soil. And they wanted more. He was the first one to ever, like, really expose something so begrudging to light that was happening right in people's backyards. So then, you know, interfered loathing in Las Vegas, which is essentially, you know, the irony behind searching for the American dream in Las Vegas, you know, like you really like can't go wrong from there. Yeah. I mean, like in, in many ways, uh, the average vice reporter owes everything to Hunter S. Thompson. <laughs> Cause like, that's essentially what vice's stick is just like fun gonzo journalism like that. It's like investigative journalism in some ways, some ways. <laughs> undercover journalism <laughs> do you think Hunter Thompson would have liked Vice or not? No he would have hated that he probably would have it's, hated so, it. it's so agenda, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so agenda driven um, and Vice is also likely to go down in the next year or two because they're not making money yeah sorry Vice I'm a star, I'm a star, I'm a star I'm a big bright shining star alright we come to our star of the show segment Steve, I'm going to kick it over to you first. Who is the star of Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas? Gary fucking Busey, no. Uh, um, <laughs> yeah, 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 seriously. <laughs> uh, Johnny Depp goes without saying, man. He's the voice. He's the main character. He is Hunter Thompson. He embodies the role so well. It was um, does it so well that he actually does it again in the Rum Diary. So the only is, other... is that movie worth watching? <laughs> um, it's not as good, but like I enjoyed it. Like for what yeah. it's worth, it's definitely not as exciting of a story, but it's it, you know it's something else. Um, so I get the only other person to ever attempt to pull off uh, Hunter S. Thompson was Bill Murray, and he has about to bring that really up. well too. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, so yeah, no, apparently Bill Murray like told him like uh, giant up before he took this role. He was just like essentially just like all right, like you know, be careful because like you know, ten years from now you can find yourself playing this guy over and over and over again. Make sure the next role you get is nothing like him. <laughs> So, yeah, it was, it was uh, Peter Boyle played like the Benicio del Toro role too. So, is that mm-hmm. should, should we check that out? Is that next? Uh, haven't seen it. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. You got to space t- it t- out t- a little bit. You got to t- space t- it like, out no. a little bit. <laughs> hard, hard stop on that. That was a, that <laughs> hard, was a hard, hard, hard. Just hard like d- fuck that. No, we we had our Hunter S. Thompson fill Tommy. Yeah, we'll, oh we'll cover it again, but like you know, give it a little time, a little brevity. You know, we don't need to just not Hunter S. Thompson month here well, on the podcast. Yeah. Speaking of months, we should have called this month Anxiety Month because every movie we had was all about fucking insane anxiety <laughs> and something way or another. Postpartum naming, you know, right there. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah exactly. Mm. Vertigo, anxiety inducing, Whiplash, the most like, anxious movie I've ever fucking watched in my life, oh, and now this. <laughs> so. So, yeah. yeah. So yeah. So fear and loathing in Las Vegas. I I do. I, Depp is the the star of the movie, but I, I think the best performance is Del Toro. Um, mm. and I think Gonzo's character, because he's like dark, and violent, and not a good person at all. Like he 
brings a young hippie who's probably underage to his room and gives her her first acid trip who was just there to meet Barbara Streisand. Definitely underage. Yeah. Definitely underage. Yeah. (laughs) Like, this guy has no set of morals whatsoever, but, like, holds other people to a standard of morals. Um, And then there's the scene at the end when they're at the diner and he, like, comments on the waitress's behind and she's like get out and he like pulls out a knife and walks over to her and takes the pie like he's very intimidating and cruel and i think part of it is you don't know who this person is off of these kind of drugs so we don't know if he's a good person or not because his mind is so clouded and it adds that level of mystery to it so i think del toro gives the best performance because i think it's trickier than the hunter s thompson outside of that having to be like a, an impression i think you have you're still somewhat intrigued in this character despite being revolted by pretty much every action that he does yeah, yeah i i mean doctor is definitely like the wild card of this movie he's like the driving force and like makes most of the plot makes this uh what little plot there is in this movie plot is very but, very loose yeah yeah exactly this is mostly just a drug trip of a movie but um depp i think holds it together i mean like the fact that the narration works because even narration he's still a compelling character right there and he embodies like hunter s thompson in a way that it could be easy just a stupid character and just like a lame character but he just makes it in a way that just seems kind of just interesting and cool in a way so yeah yeah not for sure but i mean you know who he was as a person you know he, he was like an american politician or not an american politician but uh, american attorney but he was a politician he was like you know got himself an actual doctorate and uh at the end of the day he ended up uh just disappearing he's presumed dead nobody knows where he is love that mystery. That, that feels that, like the fitting uh, send off right there. <laughs> yeah, no, just he just kind of fucked off one day. So, you know, it, it, it adds an element to his mystery being how intelligent and influential he was, like in a lot of degrees. Johnny Depp wishes he could just go away from the public eye, but yeah. onwards and upwards. Ah, are you ready, comedy partner? Waka waka. All right. So, Steve, yes. Tommy, yes. with his work yes. as a Muppet adaptation. Yes. Yes, yes. A hundred percent. I mean this is a Burton Ernie all day. Like you wouldn't have I, Gonzo be Gonzo. Yeah, like that'd be too easy. I, I think it's a Burton Ernie sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. Like they're a dynamic which, duo. Bert, Bert's definitely uh fucking Johnny Depp. I mean he's definitely he's Hunter. Hunter he'd be the Hunter Duke, the Hunter S. Thompson character. Yeah. I mean, you'd have to have the Dr. Teeth Electric Mayhem just like throughout this movie, just always on different drug trips. Uh mm-hmm. Janice is obviously the hippie that like that he uh, gives the acid to. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's the obvious one right there. <laughs> yeah, I just I think with the visuals of that with the Muppets, it would be uh even more of a trip. I would love to see them do that adaptation. Uh, but it's in the hands of Disney, so so like, so like in the in the Muppet adaptation version, instead, like you'd have like fucking like they do a drug trip, where instead of it's just all CGI raptors, it's all just humans, and that's just mm. like a crazy drug trip for the Muppet, where it's like, oh, humans, oh, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, it's like <laughs> they definitely do that in like SpongeBob, where like, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know. when they go above land or whatever, yeah, 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 and they're like actual. <laughs> 
like, it'd be funnier to watch like behind the scenes just watching the fucking Muppets get all tangled up like I understand some of them are hand puppets but maybe that like I imagine it'd be like marionettes or some shit like and just they're trying to do the ether scene but all the strings get keep getting tangled in there so that would like work in the movie's favor because yeah. of course <laughs> the lines would get tangled because these people can't walk uh, puppets can't walk um, yeah <laughs> um, right please make a fear and loathing in las vegas muppet adaptation that would be wild yes review okay. time steve give me your score out of five um i'd say like solid three out of five it's very good drug movie <laughs> like you know it's uh definitely a starter flick um i would say if you're into that but um if you're a uh you know huge hunter thompson nerd like i am you'll appreciate it just for how like accurate it is to the book and just like how much how you can like actually get a visual representation of what's been on the page so yeah no time um yeah i think this is a very fun like uh movie i mean like it's pretty much just feels like the worst structure period <laughs> which i guess isn't fun but it, is, it feels in a way that's entertaining but you learn a lot you learn a lot you like, learn a lot at the end <laughs> you learn a lot during it, like like yeah. like most experiences on drugs. You, it, <laughs> you know, you 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 push through all the bullshit, and at the end, you you you're left with a moral. And sometimes exactly. the moral is don't do so many drugs. Maybe you just fucking don't go to Las Vegas. Is the moral I got out of this movie? But um, I mean oh, Terry Gilliam just yeah, <laughs> Terry Gilliam just films like pretty much everything in a great way, and just really brings in the like mindset of these characters and um. It was entertaining throughout, and all the cameos were also like, "Oh shit, Toby Aguirre in a bald cap! Oh shit, Christina Ricci! Like the fuck? Why? Why is she here?" But um, overall, I like this movie a lot. I'm, I'm gonna go like three point five out of five. So it's a fun movie. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna go three out of five. Um, I think this is just—it's a visual movie, and it's an experience. It's not going to be for for everybody. Uh, Terry Gilliam said that he wanted to create a divisive, like the best movie of all time and one of the most hated movies of all time. And this movie sits on Rotten Tomatoes at a hot 50%. So I think he did his job perfectly. To to point, Gene Siskel gave it a thumbs up and Robert Egerick gave it like a star. (laughs) Yeah, he gave it one out of of four stars. So I didn't know it wasn't like revered well by the critics shit well i think you either loved it or hated it because of that Mm. but i I, you know it's such a distinctly visual movie um if you're going in and you're like i need a plot or i need something to go on you're don't don't watch this movie but if you like want to understand the feeling of something give it a give it a shot i think you you'll find something there um yeah and that's Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Uh, upstairs, Steve, thank you so much for joining us this week. Do you have any socials you want to plug? Ah, uh, sure. Um, <laughs> at, <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. Um, at, <laughs> I feel like such a pretentious dick. So, at, <laughs> uh, <laughs> at underscore, no, no, no. At big underscore mooch, that's M-O-O-C-H-821. Holla at your boy on the Instagram. Why the fuck yeah. not? Hey, ask him questions for... on Instagram. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, ask him movie questions on Instagram. Slide in his DMs, ladies. Uh, yeah. They're, well, they're wide open. Like, yeah. Ask him what other. They're way more open for the ladies than they are for the 
like avid Hunter S. Thompson nerds that are like, hey, well, it's not autobiographical. It's actually a novel, but it was based off a real experience. It's like, shut up. Yeah. I, um, if, if you're gonna do that, don't bother, please. You can find out Steve's other movie related tattoos that I probably wasn't aware of. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's actually the, the only time. one, which makes <laughs> you you not noticing it even worse. So <laughs> the only fucking one. Yeah, um, they, I have a video game tattoo and two music tattoos, and then that's it. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I just missed on the skull one, which I've seen for years. <laughs> it literally, I lived with you essentially when I got it. You, you lived. <laughs> I, I was literally upstairs, Steve, when I got it. I got it in Norwalk. It's fucking great. Well, he yeah. wouldn't. He wouldn't know Hunter S. Thompson reference uh, if it hit him. Oh no! I, I I told him, and he was just like, "Ah, oh, cool." Then, I was probably drunker. Something else. <laughs> yeah, something else. Now I'm going with something else. You are something else, Tommy. All right. Tommy, any final words before we wrap this up? <laughs> um, yeah, so movie tattoos. Um, anyways, uh, thank you guys so much for listening. You can follow us on social media at Seen It Pod. That's on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok for the Gen Zers. Um, and leave us a five star review. Uh Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And cool. yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. We don't have our schedule finalized yet for June, but we have we're gonna come up with some good movies. So we don't have a schedule, Tommy. <laughs> Stop pretending. So, yes, yes, we do. Yeah. Um, yeah. Tommy, so we'll have you, that. you do, Tim. Tommy doesn't. You just come on. You know, it. I go up the flow. I'm like, oh, what movie are we watching tonight? <laughs> Tommy's more of the schedule guy than I am, to be honest. But uh, thank wow. you guys all so much for listening this week. <laughs> we'll see. We're gonna take Memorial Day off, but we'll see you back at the start of June. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Steve.